You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise Weekly Word. This message is by Pastor James Hurd. If you would like more information about our ministry, please visit churchoflifeandpraise.com. Some of you don't realize who you are. You've been saved, filled with the Spirit, buried in His name, and still don't know who you are. When the devil says boo, we go, what are we going to do? But we have a firm foundation that we're standing on. Who's got Ephesians 6, 12? Go ahead. Got Got the mic. My Lord, the presence of God was in this place today. How many feel uplifted? Refreshed? Ready to receive the word? Amen? Ephesians 6, 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Now what are you going to do about it? Okay, having done all to stand. Good. Put on the whole armor of God. Good. What are you going to do about the geopolitical situation in this area? Each one of us have been called. But I want to share with you who you are and the foundation that you're built on. We have a firm foundation, saints, that will not be shaken. No matter what the political atmosphere is at the time, the church, the church, I'm not talking about Christendom. Those are the playing church. They're going to be carried away like the chaff and just blown. But there is a people, like the three Hebrew children, that won't bow won't bend, and they'll go into the fire. With the attitude, if God saves me, good. If he don't, I still won't bow. That's the attitude we've got to take. I'm not talking about getting arrogant. I'm not talking about being hateful and mean and argumentative. There's no sense for us to be argumentative and combative in this time. We've got to come to the point where we know who we are and won't budge. You can beat on me. You can say all kinds of things. You can be hateful to me, but I will not retaliate and neither will I move. But what I do do is going to combat you through the power of the Holy Spirit. But ye shall receive what? Okay, we think that power is jumping and shouting and dancing. No, that power is miraculous, authoritative power. And it comes from being built on a firm foundation. Boy, I feel it. 
Turn to Ephesians 2, 19 and 22. I probably won't finish this today. Come back next week for continued version. I'm reading from the King James Ver- New King James Version, just so you'll know. Not that we discard other versions. We just, I just happen to study this one. Now, everybody say now. Therefore, now listen to this, and I'm going to explain all this. Therefore, he's speaking to the Gentiles, speaking to the Ephesian church. Therefore, you are now no longer strangers and foreigners, foreigners. But say, I'm a fellow citizen. Say, I'm a citizen. I belong to something. I belong to something that will not move. Will not be shaken. Will not pass away. There are systems and governments that will pass away, but not the one I belong to. I'm not talking about a denomination. God is sick and tired of denominations. And I'm not just coming to stop about coming together and denying our denomination and what we are just coming together. Oh, we're going to have fellowship. We're going to... No, 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 no. We've got to know who we are, what we believe, where we stand, why we stand. And be unmovable. There is a foundation that's been established since the cross and even before the cross that will not be undermined or moved. Now, I'm not angry. I'm just passionate. How many know that? Well, I should be passionate. You are no longer strange and foreign, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. I'm going to be explaining that. Having been, listen to this, having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone or the cohering stone. In whom the whole building fitly being fitted together. We are being fitted together, saints. For an immovable onslaught on the enemy. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Because we're going into battle. Everybody's talking about revival. I want to tell you, saints... We are going to have a move of God unprecedented, unprecedented. But let me tell you, it's not without tests, trials, and persecutions. I am ready to give you life, literally. You may fall, but there'll be another one that will stand in your place. Another one may fall, but there'll be another one. Because we know who we are, we know where we've been, and we know where we're going. I've never been more, felt more love than I have right now. He's more than enough. We will not bend, we will not buy, we will not compromise. 
We will not give up who we are and what we are. They can call us all kind of names. We're not going to go into the name calling business. Let their system call us all we want to. They did in the early church. They crucified them. They called them names. They got, you know, Christian is a, is a derogative name. They called them people of the way. <laughs> that's like, right, that's exactly what we're people of the way, in, in the way, on the way. Know where we're going. We know the path we're going down. In whom the whole building fitly being fitted together grows. And when a holy temple, in the, we, everybody say, I'm growing. I'm growing. And a holy temple. In the, Lord, in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place or habitation of God in the Spirit. This temple is inhabited by God. The others Hammered by devils and demons, and they can never fail. I don't know why Satan just don't learn his lesson. How many are determined today? Ephesians 2.19 says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of faith. Now the Gentiles, Gentiles, <laughs> the Gentiles, having believed in Christ Jesus, are incorporated into the house of faith. When the Holy Ghost fell, he fell and, and it was, he was fallen or moved upon the Jews. At the first of the early church, it was all Jewish. And the Jews did not ever intend that a Gentile would be in the church. They didn't even have it in their minds or hearts. I want you to read something here. But we are now incorporated with the believing Jews in the household of God, the church. How did that happen? Formerly, when any Gentiles came to Jerusalem, now this is how strict it was. Listen to me. Sometimes it sounds familiar even in our day. Formerly, when any Gentiles came to Jerusalem being strangers, they could not settle among the Jews, nor did they have any rights whatsoever. They could come to Jerusalem had no rights, could have no land, could not build, could be tabbed, could stay there for a while, but just move along, don't stay too long. That's how biased the early church was. It was completely Jew. That's what the big difficulty was in Acts 15 when they met for counsel. They were astounded. They were somewhere upset at the fact that Cornelius' household received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you something. We want to be careful 
Listen to me. When we start excluding people from having the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I read an article in, in, in one magazine and said, I went into a such and such, well, a charismatic, um, I won't go there, but that's what I went to, that type of church. And, they, and this article, the author said, but I don't know how the Spirit of God moved upon him. I don't know why he can't. He's the lover and savior of all people. Why can't he move upon anybody? Yes. He'd move upon Satan if Satan wouldn't let him, but he won't let him. He would have forgiven Judas. Judas wouldn't let him. So they said, just move along. Just move along. Also, if a Gentile acknowledged the God of Israel, but did not receive circumcision, ooh, I could preach on that. If you don't believe it, just like I believe it. Do you, are you 100% correct? The Bible said we see through a glass darkly. Be careful who we exclude and who we condemn. And I'm not saying being gullible and believing everything and taking everything in. There is a spirit, a gift of discernment that's given to the church to discern what's right and wrong. And if you're walking in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will tell you and speak to you. Do you believe that? Thank God for the light. Also, if a Gentile acknowledged the God of Israel but did not receive circumcision, he could settle in the land but had no right to the blessings of the covenant of Abraham. He might be called foreigners or sojourners, persons who have no property in Israel. They may only rent a house for a while. The first ones, if you just went there, you couldn't even own a house. Now, if you were circumcised, that's why Paul said to the Gentiles, you are now no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens. You belong to the church. They got after Peter. They said, what did you go into that house for, that gentleman? You know, Peter says, the Lord spoke to me in a vision. Peter was so self-righteous. You know I don't eat anything that's wrong. You you know that nothing wrong has been... um, You know, and we get so self-righteous. Oh, that church down the street. You know, God, you know... Why don't we just pray for them? And if we think they should have the revelation, then pray. The Gentiles needed a revelation. They didn't know. There's a lot of people that don't know. They're doing the best they can with what they've got. And we come along and stick up our nose. Say, well, well, you can settle here, but, but you know, we'd rather you just move along. You can come and worship with us, but you're not going to get any recognition. My God, I had, had two Mormon elders walk into my church and I recognized them. I could have snubbed them. I could have handed them all kinds of tracts. But that led me to a chance to talk to them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Had I not two more came to my house, 
knocked on my door. And I said, okay, I said, sit down. Out on the deck, and we started talking. I wasn't mean to them. I acknowledged them for the work they were doing. They were sincere and they were honest. There was two young teenage boys. I wasn't going to pound them. I won't beat on a Jehovah's Witness. I will talk to them. And that's what we as a Christian church to do. Because we are built on a foundation. We know who we are. Didn't argue with them. But now I didn't wish them God's speed when they left. I shook their hand. And was, we had an amicable separation. They won't forget that. Because there's a lot of people that slam doors in their faces. How are you going to win them? Saints, they don't know God. We've got it as far as, as, as the Word of God and, and the revelation. I'm getting, I'm getting to where I'm going. Don't try to prove, listen to what they have to say. If they say something, get out the Bible. Take them to the Bible. Help them with their Bible. Point them the way. Don't compromise. But don't be hateful and mean either. Because that's a soul you're talking to. That's a soul that's not saved. That's a soul that don't have the truth. And we are bearers of the truth. So we've got to win them. How did I get onto that? But anyway, it's true anyhow. Can you say amen? To your fellow citizens, he said to the Gentiles. The Gentiles are now called to the enjoyment of equal privileges with the Jews, the saints. That's what he said there. He said, um, you are no longer strangers and foreigners or aliens, but fellow citizens with the saints. And that word saints there means Jews. Peter said, when questioned, what was I to do? I got a vision from God. He told me to go and don't question. So here I am. I'm going and I'm not questioning, but yet I'm full of questions. A Gentile, he, and, and he came to the gate of Cornelius who was praying and an angel said, go send for Peter. That's exactly what we do with Ephesians 6.12. We follow the leading of the Lord in every situation because we are built on a foundation that will never be moved. And when God leads us some, somewhere into a situation that is very unsightly and is not too comfortable, go in believing God's going to give you a miracle. You haven't got to be afraid. Oh, but they may. Do you know your word? Have you got the Holy Spirit? 
Are you walking in all the truth you know? If you are, you haven't got to be afraid of the enemy. Are you praying? Are you into the word? Then when he tells you to go, and I'll tell you something. I want to say this and just throw this in. If you're not praying and seeking the face of God, God and all that, don't bother to get into the enemy's territory because you will be no match for him. You don't argue doctrine there. You argue power. And you don't argue then. You present power. When Peter walked in, he walked in very biased. And he let those Gentiles know in his preaching just who he was. And God said, you've said enough, Peter. He said, before you ruin it, he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit. Yeah. And Peter had to stop preaching. You know, he says, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Pharisee. He says, I'm, a, I'm this and I'm that and I'm that. He says, and, and you know that, that uh, Jews don't have any uh, dealings with it. And what a message. Kinesia was sitting there, I want to know how to get saved. I don't care what rank you are. So God says, I got to stop this before he ruins and makes a mess of it. <laughs> Peter was always opening his mouth when he wasn't supposed to. And what happened? Holy Ghost fell. Peter stood back. But you know, in the grace of God, God used Peter to open the door on the day of Pentecost. He preached a powerful sermon. He started to preach to the Gentiles. God said, I don't care about that. I just want to fill them with the Holy Ghost and get this job done. I've sent you for purpose. He's already prayed. He's already repented. He's given his life to the Lord. They're, they're ready. They're ready for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit fell. And they said, and they received the Holy Ghost. And Peter in, is relating this. He said, I know they received the Holy Ghost because they spoke in tongues like we did. And that shut the council up. They stopped and said, well, now what are we going to do? We got a bunch of Gentiles on our hands. Are we going to let them come in? Or are we going to exclude them? God brought them in. They were baptized. And Peter says, what was I to do? And in the wisdom and counsel of God, the church at Jerusalem accepted in the Gentiles. And now here we are in Ephesus. Same thing is happening. God poured out his spirit. God used Paul to bring in the Gentiles into the church. And then what happened? God made up one group of people called the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not talking about a denomination. I'm talking about because they had taken on his name and they had been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking with other tongues. Now, here we've got a movement that was established of God by God, established on the day of Pentecost, extended in, in, in Cornelius House, and now we've got a unit, of a, a group of people that are on fire for God. Jews and Gentiles alike were being saved, 
That's what the book of Acts is all about. Jews and Gentiles were being saved. There was one church, one group, one people. And God says, now I can do something. Now I can do something. Is this making sense to you? Now it says, you're the household of God is the temple. The temple is the type of the Christian church, which is now God's house. A genuine, all genuine believers, both Jew and Gentile, are now considered as members of this house. They are the children and servants of Almighty God. That's exactly who you are. These members of the household of God, the church, have equal rights, privileges, and advantages. Do you get what I'm saying? When you got the Holy Spirit, you came under the authority of God Almighty, and you have equal rights, equal privileges, and equal advantages. You can lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. You can pray people to the, the whole baptism of the Holy Spirit, wherever you are. On the job, in a restaurant, That's what the church's purpose is. We are to make disciples. Jesus said, go in all the world. Preach the gospel. Hadn't even received the Holy Ghost yet. Jesus was commissioned them already by faith and said, look, but don't, then he said in Luke, don't you depart from Jerusalem until you're endued. There's no sense to go out there until you're endued. Empowered, clothed upon. I'm telling you, saints, the Spirit-filled church, if we will recognize who we are, stop our fighting, unite together, we can take this world. In the early church, they said, who are these people that turned the world upside down have come unto us? There was fear. You know, when Israel is a type of the church, Israel, when they walked with God, they took nation after nation. God says, I want you to go in to that, to the promised land. He says, and I want you to eradicate every nation. He said, don't even save the children. You know why? Canaan and all of those ites that were in there, I'm not about to pronounce them, they were ungodly. He says, now I want you to destroy them. Now, in the age of grace, we destroy the ungodliness by not killing them, but killing the sin that's in them by the power of the Holy Spirit and walking in the authority. And honey, if you go up to someone and they're sick and you lay hands on them and they're healed in the name of Jesus, they're going to talk about it. Because they were limping, they were limping before, and now they're walking. They say, what happened to you? Well, I don't know. Some guy come along and laid his hand on me, and they go to that church up there, and they do that shouting and all of that tongues-talking stuff, you know. And, uh, and they say, you don't want to go there. He's, and the guy with his got healed says, why not? They healed me. You didn't. We've got a ministry, saints. We're called to a ministry. And nothing will move us. We are built on the foundation of the prophets and apostles. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, the cohering stone, the one that holds it all together. Yeah. 
Is this making sense to you? Do you know who you are? You're a special people. I'm not talking about just this church, CLP. I'm talking about spirit-filled people. You are a special people. You are anointed of God. Everything don't have to happen up here. That's why here in the CLP, we believe in the body ministry. We believe the body ministering to the body. I'm not afraid of you going over there and laying hands on someone and they get healed or get baptized in the Holy Spirit or you lead them to Christ right during the worship service. Most of all of our altar calls here in CLP are done during the worship service. I like it. Saves me a lot of work. Amen. I don't have it all. You got the same Holy Ghost I got. I'm just the shepherd that's leading you and guiding you. Why? Teaching you so you can go and do the same thing. I want to be reproduced. I don't want the whole show. I've got pastors under me in this church. They're part of the body. I got saints in this church. Part of the body, filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, get filled with it so you can be used of God too. Wouldn't it be wonderful? We come to church and all of a sudden this was turned into a big prayer meeting and people were going laying hands on this one and people say, some people would say, oh, that's all, that's all. You've got to have decency and order. Honey, I want to tell you when people are praying for people and people are getting filled with the Holy Ghost and falling out under the power of God and getting healed, that's decent and in order. If you call decency and order some dead dried up program, Praise the Lord. What time is it? Oh, God. <laughs> the household of God, and I know I said this, is the temple. The temple is the type of the Christian church, which is now God's house. All genuine believers, and I know I've said this, both Jew and Gentiles are now considered as members of this house. They are the children and servants of Almighty God. Now, there are positions and there are places in the church that God has ordained. You don't try to usurp it. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, you're not trying to take over this person's office and trying to... No, 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 no. That's not talking about that. That means you have the same capacity in you by the power of the Holy Spirit to lay hands on the sick, to use in the nine... Let me tell you something. Jesus gave... The nine gifts to the church. He did not give it just to the elders. And let me tell you something else. There is no one in here that's got the corner on healing. Don't get up and say, I've got the gift of healing. You ain't. You're used in it. I've got the gift of prophecy. No, you don't. You're used in the gift. The gifts were given to the church. You use the gifts. Y'all using those gifts. It belongs to the church. 
the whole body. So every one of you can be used in any of the nine gifts. Men, it's true. When you're in that office, just like you went to that, that, that girl that came over to you and was crying and everything else, you just say, oh, oh, wait till I get an elder of the church. Or wait till I... No, 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 you minister to yourself. Because you know what? The Bible says you're a peculiar person. <laughs> that means special. I'm, they're <laughs> <laughs> but you're also a priest unto God. Not only that, you're a worshiping priest and you are a queen or a king. So you have the same privileges as far as healing the sick, working and being used in the gifts as I am. Now you couldn't, didn't have to wait to call and say, I, well, wait, let me get my pastor. You just exercise, open your heart and open your mind to the Lord and then he just began to use you in one of the gifts. You can have a word of prophecy. Any of you? Now, some are used more than others is because they're used to the gift and they can yield their faith more and open up that faith to be used in that particular gift. And it seems like they have the certain gift. No. God in his wisdom did that because it saves a lot of pride On that scale, every one of us come in at the same level. So when we have body ministry, God, while you're worshiping, will speak to you and say, go over and pray for Jacob. He has such and such a thing. So you obey the Lord while we're worshiping. You go over to him and you're going to say, just hold on, everybody. I've got a word for the Lord for Jacob. No, that's self-exaltation. You just go over quietly. You take his hand and you say, I feel, be very humble. Say, I feel the Lord wants to speak to you. Do you mind if, do you mind if I speak to you? And if he says no, go ahead. If he says yes, I do mind. Don't speak. Say, okay. All right. God bless you. I'll be praying for you. And don't be offended. Because he may not understand. But if you go over to him and you ask him. And he says yes you can. Now say I feel what I have from the word of the list. from the Lord. And then you begin to talk to him. And then you look at him and you say. Is this right? You say well if you are using the gift of prophecy you should. Not always. You may know him. And you are familiar with his situation. So, but when God speaks through you and you begin to speak and you'll speak words into his heart and into his life, now may I pray for you. You lay hands on him. God will heal him. I'll meet that need. This is where we're at, saints. This is what we are. We're the church. By rights, Nobody should walk out of a church service without their needs met. That's why I said today and felt, okay, that we should all worship him 
and lift up our hearts and forget our troubles and just begin to worship God. Present that trouble to you, to him, to the Lord at the beginning of the service and say, now I'm going to worship you. I'm laying at your feet and I'm just going to worship you. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. I'm not going to fret about it anymore. I'm just going to worship you. Is this making sense? I'm talking about the body. We asked you a question before. What are you going to do with Ephesians 6.12? What are you going to do with the evil spirits? And go, oh, we're going to go off that boy. We're going to kill. And we're going to, you know, we're going to chase after this. And we're going to go after this correction. And we're going to get involved in this. No, you just go out and get used of God and let God use you and correct. Now, he may open doors for you to serve in the community. Serve in righteousness. And when the opportunity arises, speak. We haven't got to go out and bluster. Just be us. And if you're fearful, ask God to take the fear away. Because there's no fear in the Holy Spirit. Fear is of the devil. What if I make a mistake? What if you do? Go back to the prayer closet and say, Lord, I messed this one up. Help me to get clarity next time. Don't stop working. Go out there and do it. What if they won't receive me? They don't receive you. You've done what you felt to do. Ask God to give you wisdom as you go. Because see, you are built on a foundation. We're going to talk about this. We're built on a strong foundation. And God will back us up. Mark 16, 20. They went everywhere. Preaching the gospel. And God, what? Back them up. Now that's my part, but that's what it means. Back them up with signs and following. How many believe the gospel is true? Okay? And you go out and you preach the gospel. Now I'm not going out and handing a, a sinner seven steps to salvation. He's going to throw that and say, what's that? Go out and minister under the direction of the Holy Spirit in one of the gifts, and the Lord will open your mouth, and when he does, you will speak just the right words at the right time and no more. Don't preach to him. You come on as self-righteousness. You're self-righteous. You're better than they are. You're not better than I. You're better off. But ask God to give you wisdom and open the door. He'll open the door to you. And then say, God, what do you want me to say? And he'll give you words. It won't be, might not be great long words. Maybe just two or three that will touch that person. All that's needed. Don't overdo it. Don't pressure people. Love them. Show them your love. You know, you may have to befriend someone for a while before you even speak to them about Jesus. Just be friendly. Talk to them. Go to lunch with them. Go on break with them. I remember one time I was, um, 
uh, working or worked in the hospital. And uh, this lady, I think she, she went to the Episcopal Church. And uh, she was a nice lady. And so we went into the uh, rest place together. Uh, and there was two or three within us. And then uh, all of a sudden, this one left and that one. It was just her and I there. And she said, uh, Jim, uh, she said, I have been having some questions. And I said, yeah. She says, and I've been wanting to ask you. And she wanted to ask me about the second coming. And I had the most beautiful opportunity to just sit there and just talk to her about it. God set us up. There was people in there before, only the two of us before we went off break. See? Now, did I win her to the Lord right there? No, but I left a seed. You've got the same privilege. I said, well, now let me get out my Bible. You know, no, I just answered what she asked in common language. Does this make sense? Remember who you are. You are built on a solid foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Go read the book of Acts. That's what you are. That is what you are. That's not what the apostles were, and that's not what the um, prophets were. That's what you are. They are our forefathers. They set this thing up through the, the revelation of the Holy Spirit. But you are the book of Acts. And I know this sounds like a broken record, but the book of Acts never closed. You go through and look through the Bible. Most every book in the Bible has a benediction. Has a closure. Not the book of Acts. While living in the 29th chapter. And you've heard that before. Don't be afraid. Understand who you are. You're built on a firm foundation. It's not going to cave in. You've got an anointing from the Lord. God's anointing. God meets us in here, not just to bless us, but to encourage and fortify us and invigorate us to go out there and do something. And in your praying, ask God to lead you to people that are hungry. Saints, not everybody in the world is going to get saved. Sad to say, they're not. In fact, the Bible says, straight is the way that leads to eternal life, and few there be that find it because they're not looking. And broad is the way, and many be that find it. So are we to stop the gap? We're not going to stop the gap. We're going to go to those that are lost and try to get them on the straight and narrow. But you don't come over and go to them and say, now listen, you need to get right with God. You need to get on the straight and narrow. And they'll say, what in the world are you talking about? But when you go over under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, realize that you are founded on a firm foundation. Jesus Christ is the cohering stone. He's the one that sets it. I'm going to be talking about that. He's the one that sets it all up, has it all going straight. You just follow him. The apostles have laid, apostles and prophets have laid the message. They've laid it down. So read their message. 
What did they do? Read what they did. Read what the apostles did. Be, and you know that before the apostles got the Holy Ghost. And don't tell me you can do it without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can't. There's no sense to try to water that down and try to get around it. You need it. You need it. And you need it in this day. It did not cease. It did not stop. It still is being outpoured. In fact, just the other day, I don't know who it was, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Evelyn. Little Evelyn. How old is she? Ten. In prayer meeting. She received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I asked, I said, was it clear and distinctive? And they said, yes, it was. <laughs> so we got another warrior. And that girl, 10 years, she sees visions. She has seen angels. I haven't even done that. And I felt kind of jealous. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Remember who you are in Jesus Christ. Every one of us in here are at different stages. So don't try to be like the other person. You be the person that God has for you. And the place of witness is where God has put you. Pray as you go in and pray over, pray over your station that God has put you in and say, Now God, let me be a witness and let me minister the gospel of Jesus Christ to this group. And he'll never fail you. But show him love first. Show him love first. No lady, and I'll close with this, no lady that went into a store and she walks in. She's holy, you know. She walks in. I want this. And my wife was there one time and, and was watching her. And she goes, ma'am. And she went, and you know what the clerk said? said, oh, Lord, here comes, what's your call? Here comes the dragon lady. <laughs> what a witness. But she was holy. She had, had all the accoutrements of holiness. You know what I mean? Called the dragon lady. Now, what a witness. Now, if she'd have gone in there smiling and been pleasant, the door could have probably opened her now my wife comes along and smiles and everything else. And there's a block there already that she has to play the block down so that she can get past the friendliness to get to witness. So there was damage that was done in the kingdom of God. Be careful how we carry the anointing. Amen. Amen.